Don Rahul Jimenez. How amateur is that? Like, you don't even see that down in the park. If they, if they lose, it provides great content. I am supporting every team that plays break. I'm not making a documentary this year about how shit my club is. Mudman, thank you as always. Who would you rather lose it to, by the way, me or Johnny? That's somebody's choice. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to a bonus uh, Football Babble podcast because uh, in what might go down as one of the wildest weeks in the history of football, or in the history of the Tottenham, because uh, they were involved, um, we're back because on Monday night we did a podcast where for all of us it looked as if and it still might be the case, our clubs are being robbed from us, and it looked very likely that there's going to be a new league starting, a Super League, um, so it was a bit doom and gloom, but then last night, a revolution happened, and fans, and it was fans, um, have managed to wrestle back that idea of the Super League, and, and all the teams, certainly our teams anyway, uh, eventually pulled out, and eventually some of them have apologised, so it's a full house tonight, hello Brenton. Good evening. Uh, hello, Jonathan. Wrong you. Um, hello, Paddy, and hello, Stephen. Well, buenas noches. <laughs> nice. So, um, I don't know where to start. Um, all of our clubs were involved. All of our clubs have backed out. There have been apologies, left, right, and centre. But um, I don't know who wants to jump in first. Maybe Steve, because... Malcolm Glazer, or Joel Glazer, sorry, was the last one to say anything. They've come out. How do, how do you feel now about what has happened and what's going on the last couple of days? It's a funny one because obviously, like, I'm really, like, happy in the sense that, like, the likes of Luke Shaw, Bruno Fernandes, and even Harry Maguire, who, you know, I never saw fit as being, like, club captain, really, really did stand up um, and be counted. And I think that's a that's a real positive. And I think as a group of players and a manager, I think that's probably going to bode well for the rest of the season, whatever is left of, of, of this season. I don't think much has changed, though, as a Man United fan, because I don't know a, a single United fan who doesn't want the Glazers out of the club. And that, that certainly hasn't changed in, in the last 48 hours. Obviously, Ed Woodward stepping down, which is completely unrelated to the European Super League, obviously, you know, it couldn't possibly be related to, to that, that shit show. Like, he's a Super League, David Cameron. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, and the thing is, like, the, the more, the more we're kind of further away from Sunday. The more you realise somebody very, very smart within UEFA or the Premier League leaked this because they weren't ready. Like, they clearly weren't ready. And given what has happened in the subsequent days, I would not at all be stunned if it was one of the clubs that were supposed to join that is known now that then did not put their name to, to paper, one of the three that we, we don't know of. Because um, put it this way, Certain teams have come out of this looking really, really well, who maybe went into last weekend not exactly being everyone's favourite club in the world. Um, so I think as a football fan, it's it's been interesting um, in the sense that like seeing UEFA 
being and the Premier League and Sky Sports uh, being painted as the good guys was a really weird, weird feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I I don't know the guy's name, but there was that clip that was in around on on Twitter where he said like this isn't good guys versus bad guys, this is bad guys versus bad guys, and that's that's kind of rang true with me for the last last couple of days. But as a Man United fan, it's weird, like because. It it hasn't. Woodward going is brilliant, um, but other than that, like there's nothing in in Joel Glazer's statement today, and I believe it's the first time he's spoken to the media. I think Patrick said there in in the group the first time he's spoken to the media since 2005, which is absolutely incredible um, that he would be that silent. Um, but there was nothing in the statement that indicated that they've any in any sign of. Um, of setting up anytime soon. Soon, Manchester United remains the Glazers' cash cow, and uh, that's the sad part. Is that unless the fifty plus one rule is brought in, and again, considering the government that's in charge at the moment in the UK, I don't see them following through on those threats. Um, I don't see how much changes for United. It's it's a it's a real weird one, um, for. Uh, not to just take you out of this for a minute, Breton, but for the for the fans who the three American owners, I think have somehow managed to come out of this the worst. If you know what I mean. Uh, well, um, from the English side, Levy nobody likes him anyway, and, and, and I mean his stock was never going to rise at all because I just think for some reason English football across the board just hasn't warmed to Daniel Levy and, and Spurs. Um, but the three American owners, Cronky, FSG, and obviously the Glazers. So for like. Johnny, I know you said earlier privately what you want to happen next. Where would Arsenal go from here? What do you want to see done? Um, I would love to see Stan Kroenke and Josh out the door. Um, I honestly can't see it happen anytime soon, but I, I do know there is a protest planned at the Emirates on Friday evening, so... We'll see what, what kind of turnout there is for that. Chelsea obviously had a very good turnout last night at Sanford Bridge. And, uh, do you know what? I could have, but it didn't have any sympathy for Petr Cech because, why would it? To be quite honest. Um, <laughs> he had, uh, he took the brunt of it, like, and in a way it is unfair for Petr Cech to take the brunt of it because really Abramovich should have been the one facing up to that ship, but here we are anyway. Petr Cech. And, and you know what? When I obviously went to watch Washington play Liverpool that time in Anfield, he was one of the only players to come over and try and, you know, calm the fan base time and everybody was going nuts by getting hoofed for another. But, um, would love to see the Gronkies go. Um, would love to see, you know, fans take majority control of the club. I really can't see that happening either. I don't really know where it goes from here, but. I think the footballing world has shown that if we all can try and work together in some shape or form, you know, things can happen. Um, obviously, our club captain came out last night with a, a bit of a strange statement, or well, the NBA statement, it was a tweet, like, but it was, I could see his point, like I said earlier in our WhatsApp group, I could see his point, but um, what we would have liked to have seen as Arsenal fans would be our captain coming out the way Jordan Henderson did and rally the team behind this instead he made it about something different. Um which is you know, his point is valid in a way. Like, you know, he, he made a, a comment about racism and how we, if we all work together we could try and cut racism out of sport, which he is right, but 
I feel like if he had to come out with that today, like I said, you know, right, we've done this together, right, let's get racism out of sport. Um, it took our vice captain, I suppose, he probably is the real captain for Arsenal Football Club and Hector Bellerin to come out and, and really make some form of, of statement. Um, but again, Aubameyang's kind of had all the shit coming his way because he's getting on like a child and he's associated himself with people that spread hate anyway, so. Um, but let's just let's just hope that better things are coming around the corner. I'll be, I'm very interested to see who this owner is that apparently is going to sell up or put their club up for sale over the next coming days. I think that's a load of shit. But if it's true, I would love to. I'd love it to be the Cronkies. Uh, you know, Go ahead, and we've recovered when when JD is complaining about Aubameyang again. So it's good things are back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a real strong um, American team running through everything, um, and even which I think is a bit of a fucking cop out. Like, is that um, Chelsea and City were like the first to sort of waver and the first to be like, oh no, this isn't right. We'll pull out. Um, and even in Chelsea's statement, uh, it was it was the last one out. Um, apparently because they they had a game, um, which okay maybe you can understand, but uh, I mean it was a something like a fifty-seven word statement, um, and it, it said about joining late, uh, late last week to this, so which would continue the theme that apparently was reported that there were. You know, scared of getting left behind, kind of, and they weren't, um, they weren't the instigators, shall we say. Um, but like, that nearly makes it worse. Like, I don't think that makes you any better. Um, show a bit of bollocks, like, um, it's you all know, of it changes, isn't it? Brent? Like, it's like when you're younger and like you got in trouble and was like, oh no, but he was doing it, so I thought I'd do it too. Like, that's kind of what it says, isn't it? Like, it's really, it's yeah. really childish from all them, um, sex clubs. Like you're you're supposed to be some of the smartest business people in the world, like, and you're coming out and saying, um, "Well, I did it, so you know we we didn't want to get left behind." It's it's such a pathetic excuse, and you know the, the, it was it was uh, Steve said it was it was strange feeling. It was surreal to actually see it unfold in front of your eyes last night. The I like I I was part of the Chelsea fans, like I must say. Um they really um got out um on Twitter, they they got the support out, uh, organized it well, got the numbers out um and their message was clear. Um and they're not done either. Um they they want heads gone. Um uh, and for some of these be the one gone now, or are people it's, still? I think it needed more Buck. It's Bruce for some Buck. Reason, isn't it? It's yeah. Bruce Buck. Um, again, American. Apparently, he was the driving force. Um, and Abam, um, Abamian, um, Abramovich. Uh, for God's sake, he's getting chinned all over the place. <laughs> yeah, so it's his fault for everything. Such stupid hair. Um, yeah, you know, apparently he he went off his advice and and. This is what we're being told. Like you know, it could be he could just be you know the Ed Woodward of of Chelsea. You know, 
the lamb out for the slaughter. Um, but we'll probably never know. And from you know reports today coming out of Chelsea, apparently that you know nobody's planning to go anywhere from the board, uh, which is unfortunate. I think it's the same. It's the same at Liverpool, Phil and Paddy. There's, you know, you obviously had that apology video this morning, which, um, which is something that that my club has, has failed to do is apologise. Um, but I don't know if that's better for you guys, or you know, do you still feel the same about about John Henry? You you can go first this time, Paddy. Yeah, well, I think that to give a statement, not just something behind a computer screen or behind. Uh, words, I think, was pretty brave to come and do a video, um, and he's been, you know, he's been pilloried for it. But what he did, which I thought was good, was he um, he fronted up, he took accountability, he basically said it was all his fault, and tried to spur the other members of 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 his team. So he said, you know, Klopp had nothing to do with it, players had nothing to do with it, and Billy Hogan had nothing to do with it, who's the CEO of Liverpool. I find that extremely hard to believe that the CEO of a company like Liverpool didn't know that that was happening. Um, so I think he's maybe trying to protect him. But he did show a level of contrition, and he's fucked up a lot, John Henry. Um, you know, they've made mistakes. They haven't just just pick up a phone and consult a fan group. Like, it's not rocket science, you know, before going and doing something like this. And and hopefully, you know, you know maybe they'll, this is fifth time lucky and they'll learn from it. But I suppose on, on the other side... And it's important to remember this, and I've tried to, you know, rationalise it a wee bit in my own head. But under FSG, we we basically went from the brink of bankruptcy um, to in, in a decade, sort of steadily building, and and obviously then becoming champions of of England, Europe, and the world. And you know, in over that period, you know, they redeveloped Anfield, they made a new training ground, they have a world class coach, they have a world class recruitment team very innovative forward thinking you know science driven money ball type thing um, and it's important not to forget that that we've had Philly and I and all other Liverpool fans of our sort of vintage have had the best time of our Liverpool supporting life lives under under FSG really in the last five years in particular and you know I think be careful what you wish for like yes we all wish we could have this idealistic world where you know, Liverpool are owned by the fans, and 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 it has more of that sort of, you know, socio feel of Spain or the German model of fifty plus one. But realistically, that's not going to happen. Like, you know, we're, we're it, realistically, it's not going to happen. So, you know, what happens if John Henry puts them up? You know, are you just waiting for for a good billionaire to come? Billionaires are billionaires because they're they're successful. They're probably selfish, single minded, and and uh, you know, do what it takes to be successful and. You know, they're all, as has been proven in the last 72 hours, all these billionaires involved at, at 12 of the top clubs in Europe are all shower comps. And they all don't give a fuck. And, and <coughs> you know, Stella, Juventus, Angelini, um, like, he, he's, he's Italian and his family have owned Juventus since the 20s or 30s. Like, he's been immersed in football. He doesn't have this Bible or... I'm American, uh, I'm Russian, I'm whatever, I don't really know, you know, plead in ignorance. He's been immersed in, in football culture in Italy his whole life, and, and he still made the mistake. So it all boils down, it was all greed, 
and clearly a lot of them have come back with tail between legs but it's you know there's not going to be this massive sea change in football over the next to think so is just would be great but it's not going to happen I think that, I think that Liverpool point is is, is really interesting because there, I think there's a massive difference between the ownership and I know Liverpool fans but most from my sense is that most would disagree with me but compared to the Glazers and, and, and Kroenke I think Liverpool fans have had it exceptionally good um, I think it's worth pointing out that Liverpool aren't operating on a level playing field with Manchester City and yet are still competing with them, which is incredible. Like Manchester City basically had to have one of the greatest finishes to a season we have ever seen to stop Liverpool being back-to-back champions. Um, and, you know, they're probably, well, they're losing 1-0 to Aston Villa right now, but City are probably going to win the league this year. And they're likely to go out and drop 150 million on a new striker in, in the summer. And like Liverpool and Man United and Chelsea can't live with that kind of, and Arsenal can't live with that kind of, with that kind of spending pair. And I think that's, I can understand of all the teams, I think I understand FSG's and Liverpool's motivations the most because they do everything by the book. They do everything right. They, they, they play by the fair play rules. And it's not good enough. Like you, they can't keep pace with the way Manchester City can spend, you know. Um, so in a way, it made sense that that John Henry was the one who came out and put himself front and centre. Even though I don't believe that, you know, his CEO wasn't involved. Like, um, so I, I'd just be worried if I was a Liverpool fan of 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 what might be out there. Like, who? I was only thinking this the other night. Like, even if the Glazers sell, like, who's out there? Like who's buying? Who's buying uh, at Premier League clubs now? Like, there's very McGregor, few. Well, sorry again, sorry. McGregor apparently. <laughs> well, yeah. Good luck to him. Um, Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like does, does Amazon like does Amazon buy a club? Does Elon Musk buy a club? Like, like that. Even does does you know Bill Gates buy a club? I don't think any of those buy a club. So again, you go back to like. Where's the money coming from? What are they trying to get out of it? And I, I just, yeah, it's, for Liverpool fans, I think you have it okay compared to Arsenal and, and, and United. I, I wouldn't be wishing away just yet. I, um, I, look, I, 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 I get that. I understand Paddy saying it as well. Um, and I certainly don't want, um, an oligarch or no and I'll have to go with Chelsea Brenton or um the oil money from the Middle East to come and take over Liverpool and um and just all of a sudden we're buying I would say it all the time, I want Killing Mbappe, but like I'm not I'm not adapted. I don't want people to be going to spend quarter of a mil- billion all the time on these football players because that's not what football is. That's not the way it should be. There needs to be a level playing field. Um there needs to be changes and and I will touch on Liverpool in a minute. We we cannot let UEFA get away with what they have done here too. By the way, which seems to have happened, and only now everyone's realising. Hang on, those pricks snuck in that new Champions League format, which is absolutely horrendous too. Where teams get into it as well as if they don't qualify on their own coefficient. So it's a bit like the Super League. And we'll touch on that in another podcast. But on Liverpool and on John W Henry, a couple of things. The first one was his apology. Um, 
yeah, people thought it was sincere. I know, I know Paddy was saying about it, and my own dad, and, and this isn't me having to go at you, but that apology reminded me of the same apology I make every two weeks to Sarah when she realised I've snuck at McDonald's. It was a load of shite, and it, well, there wasn't anything about it that I agreed. Well, I agreed when I'm saying sorry, but it was fake. It was like, the t- it was exactly like when she catches me getting a double sausage with muffin meal, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yes, I did do that actually, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried to get away with it and he got caught Sarah, he done this morning again. He done this morning. Did, she knows, she knows. He tried to get away with it and he got caught and he got stung. Alright? He'll do it again. This is, uh, exactly. And I'll do it again. This is the fifth time, as you said, Paddy, this is the fifth massive error he's made. And yes, we don't have it as tight as the stinking glazers and the crunkies. We, we don't, I get that. But this is the fifth time he's done that. So, you're caught in a, in, a, in a rock and hard place because there have been good owners and we have had an unbelievable experience the last five years and we have Jurgen Klopp and that's the most important thing out of anything. Trophies are regardless or whatever. We have Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp as my manager and Jordan Henson as my captain. The two most important people at that club. So that's yeah. alright. I, I, I think with a different owner, Klopp does not last long enough to get you a league title. I think that's, that's, that's the difference in ownership. Like, I, I, like, he certainly doesn't survive Abramovich. Um, he probably doesn't survive the Glazers. Um, so, like, I, it's the Glazers Crokies. He, yeah, Absolutely. he was, because they're too the cheap. They never get him. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't have That's what I mean. Like, that's been the, the decline of Arsenal under the Crokies reign, even before he had majority ownership. Like, he was on the board, like, he owned shares in the club, but ever since he came on the scene at Arsenal, the decline of Arsenal under American owner compared to Liverpool under their American owner is just completely different. And we talked here for a good part of a year about how Arsenal need to replicate Liverpool's model. There's absolutely no way Arsenal are going to be anything like Liverpool in five years' time. No chance when, when they're under the Cronkies. Because the Cronkies only care about one thing, and it's money. And they don't give a fuck because... They invested 50 million in Thomas Party, I think I said in the last podcast, because they thought they were going to get back to the Super League. And that's the only reason why. So we are fucked unless them fuckers get out of the club. And I just can't see it happening anytime soon, at least. I, on the watch, um, sorry, go on ahead, buddy. Go I was going to say, I don't, I don't think this has been mentioned in some of the things that I've read so far. I don't know if it's, um, maybe you've read about it, but. What really pissed off FSG was whenever Man City got let off that financial fair play thing. Yeah. Because Liverpool had been building this financially sound and financially abiding to the letter of the law of financial fair play. And that's how, you know, they were building it. Their net spend, as um, Stephen alluded, it was 14th out of the 20 Premier League teams in the last last five years. So we'd spent uh, net spend about 120, 130 million Cities in the same period. I mean, 600 million. United has been roughly 500 million. So we're operating on this like tight budget, you know, selling at the right time, you know, buying low and 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 using recruitment and all that. When City went and got off that financial fair play thing, it wasn't a secret that FSG were absolutely fuming, you know, absolutely livid. And I think that has fed into them looking to break away because they're pissed off at UEFA at not actually upholding the laws that they had put down to try and make football sort of uh, level about a little bit at least um, because that was an attraction whenever they bought the club that they, they knew they wouldn't be throwing you know hundreds of millions at it the way some owners did they knew they were going to have to do it in a different way and be smarter about it for, to get success and I think they felt really let down that's that's a that's a brilliant point Paddy it's 
and it's one I've been thinking about myself, myself today. Um, the fact that uh, there there obviously was something sprung John Henry in this, not just to be greedy, but there was he he did champion this FFP, and a lot of people have been mentioning FFP today, and about maybe we should bring that back properly and have it in place. That is something hundred percent we need to look at in football. But just on my point about John Henry, he's not. We're not going. He's not going to go. I, I I can't see him selling. Uh, I don't want him to sell to some other massive billionaires. I said so. I think that's going to happen. So my words to you, John Henry, are: is you have to earn us back now. So you have to earn it, as the T-shirts say. So one thing is, you see this notion that yes, you have bought the club and you pump the money into it, but it's not your fucking club. It's our fucking club. So you, you need to stop what you're at. So what I would suggest is a couple of things you need to do. You need to appoint some fans to the board. And everything has to go through them. So we have a say. So if you're going to plan something else in five or six years' time, it has to come through us first. And there has to be a dialogue. And also what you're going to do to get us back on board. See your ticket prices? You're going to knock a couple of pounds off them, kid. To get us back on board as well. And see the women's team? You're going to fucking look after them and sort them out because you've let them hang, hang out to dry and it's a fucking disgrace. Liverpool Football Club have done that. Liverpool Football Club, which is supposed to be a super club, had hung their ladies team out to dry. And yes, there was things in the, um, in the super club here where they were, they were going to try and promote the women's game, but it was a fucking farce. It was a token. So you need to do that as well, John. And then maybe you might start to get my trust back because until then I couldn't be fucked looking at you. I honestly couldn't. And I'd stay quiet as well, John, and just let other people work at it. Stay in the background because you have so much groveling to do. So much that, groveling That's to a do. very good point you made there, Phil, funny enough. Um, Tim Stillman actually said on Twitter, uh, as much as, as bad as the Super League was, they actually made a quite far out of the women's game as well by the fact that yeah. the women's league will follow and all this bullshit. Like, Liverpool's ladies team are in the second division, I think, are they? I think someone was tweeting about them anyway. Yeah, they yeah. only just started. They're they're struggling. They're only getting up and going, and they're going to throw them into a fucking super league. And funny enough, they didn't even invite the best super league, the best women's teams into the fucking league. The likes of Wolfsburg and Lyon, who have won the Champions League between them in the last five six years. But sure, that's another story. Um, I I'm not I'm not even like I wouldn't even give the Cronkies an opportunity to try and make it up to Arsenal. Like, I, I, I know probably Liverpool fans have had a bit of a rocky relationship, there's no doubt about it, with their owner, like, but Cronky hasn't done anything, really, like, to show us that he, even remotely, like, 1% even cares. So, like, why should we give him the opportunity to try and make it up? Does he, he tried to sell, and he has, like, he's been slowly and surely picking away at the soul of Arsenal Football Club, like, by... Like trying to, he sacked the guy who's been gone a source since the nineties. Like that man done that job voluntarily, you know, and went to see sick children all gone a source, and he's let go of people in the background, you know, making people redundant when he knew this whole super league plan was in 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 the, you know, in in the background. Like and just it's just a disgrace. Like the way that he's just ran this club like and ran us into the ground like. We were c- competing for titles and at least challenging and challenging for the major trophies and then now we're sitting in mid-table and like winning an FA Cup every other year. It's not good enough. Like It really isn't. Like We're, we're nowhere near we should be. Um, can I go back to... Um... <laughs> Apologies for the cursing, by the way, to the listeners. That was, I just, I've, I've kept that in. Uh, apologies, Brendan, for talking I've kept that in from Monday night because I was too annoyed at Monday night to what to say. So I just had to unload there. And apologies <laughs> for the bad language. I just, I just, I've been keeping that in all day and I had to unload. 
I think we're we're beyond that. Like we're <laughs> everyone. I, I'm sorry for dropping the C bomb earlier. That was very uncharacteristic. But uh, <laughs> ah, what the fuck is wrong? You fucking score all you want for fuck's sake. Who cares? No, I want to go back to um, what Steve said yeah. about, about Sky and Gary Neville, etc., etc. Somebody you somebody it, it was some uh, somebody in the Premier League, somebody in Sky, somebody in that bubble of um, pundits and uh, club ownership. Um, and I was listening to. Um, I think it was the um, Chapman, um, Ornstein Chapman, Business of Sport, and um, they said basically everyone knows it was a complete fucking disaster of a PR uh, launch. But that leak, Sky, like Sky more than anyone else, absolutely controlling the narrative from start to finish. And bringing, like, they rolled out Neville and Carragher for, I would say, for about six or eight hours over that coverage, over all of those um, programs. And they look like they have absolutely saved everything. And it's, I think people will need, people need to sort of remember that um, and remember that, you know, they, it, it's because, they they not they weren't asked or um, they had no money in it and they were you know yeah selfish in the fact that they were gonna lose out of it. That's the only reason they did that because yeah. you know they didn't know. I don't know who it was gonna be. It obviously wasn't Amazon, but it could have been Netflix. Whoever they were lining up, it wasn't Sky, and Sky knew that. And they fucking acted quick to make sure that they made these guys look as bad as they possibly could. Um, so I don't think you know, Sky weren't doing it for the fans. Sky weren't doing it no for chance. the good yeah. of the game. All that bollocks that they were rolling out. <laughs> it was for themselves. Yeah. Like Sky want people to pay £15 to watch Brian yes. like Sheffield United. Like they're yeah. not the good of the game like at all. That's the- that's the actual game I was going to reference as well, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It just goes to show. Um, but I, I, I think it's really interesting. My, my dad tweeted the other day that like, if if Twitter had been around when the Premier League launched, the reaction would have been pretty much the same as as how we we reacted to the Super League. Like, the Premier League is essentially a closed shop, um, in in all but name, uh, and was created purely to give more money to the bigger clubs the the and like there's so many similarities between it and the super league that it, it actually makes me laugh it, it just happened that sky and rupert murdoch were on the other side of of, of that conversation so of course the narrative yeah. changed and things like that so like i actually do wonder that like if if you try to launch a premier league today would you get away with it and i actually don't think you would um because I think we have moved to a stage where fans have gone, do you know what? Like, enough is enough. I shouldn't be paying 60 quid to go see a team I was 20 years ago I was able to pay a, pay a fiver to see. Like, inflation doesn't work that way. Um, I shouldn't have to fork out hundreds of euro every year or, or pounds every year to to watch my favourite team on TV. Like, 
even such a simple thing as when I first started watching football, teams changed their jersey every two years, and that was it. You knew how long you had out of a jersey. Now you'd go bankrupt if you were trying to keep kids in football jerseys. Um, and, and I know that sounds like an, you know, an old man shouts at clouds conversation, but like maybe people are starting, maybe now the next step, and, and I'm sure we'll get to this on a future pod, like the next step is, well, like, okay, we've realized that that's too much for football, but what are we putting up with right now that's also still too much? And I think that starts with the Premier League and, and how they go about things. It starts with Sky. It starts with, I keep, we, we said it the other night and we're saying it again tonight, financial fair play. That has to be the bedrock of European football from now on because we cannot have a situation where Real Madrid can go into debt and just sell land to the Spanish government. We cannot have a situation where by the head of the European Club Association is also the person who runs the TV station that by, is the biggest rights bidder in European football. Like, yeah. there's such a mess within European football. And I hope that a fan movement can start whereby it pushes for actual radical change. And, uh, like, to a certain extent, like, I keep going, we keep, like, I certainly keep going back to this. I absolutely understand where Liverpool, and Liverpool probably took the biggest brunt of the criticism but they are the team to me that I can understand the most why they wanted in to, to this Super League for all the reasons we, we've outlined already and I think it will be Liverpool fans, it will and the way Chelsea fans acted tonight, I, I was genuinely surprised but I think they'll be part of it and I think United fans have shown that they can stand up, they, they want to stand up to ownership and to greed in football as well so and Arsenal fans have certainly made their, 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 their voices heard before so I think, I hope I don't know but I hope that we see a, a real push for the, the Bundesliga model of, of, of 50 plus one ownership. And let's not let that rest because I think that's hugely important. I think it, it is like you mentioned earlier on about making sure that every single Premier League team should only be allowed in the Premier League if they have a women's team as well. It's 2021 for fuck's sake. Like it's half the population. It's a massively growing sport. The skill level is improving immensely. And it's these things. If you, if you, if you can't see, you can't be. I know that's the tagline for women's sport around the world, but it's, yeah. a, it's absolutely true. If, if young girls growing up only see blokes playing football, then will, how will they ever be inspired to play football themselves? Um, so That's I, one thing I will give Chelsea credit for, though. Yeah, massively so. Um, the, I, I just watched the second half of that Chelsea City game, and it's, it's the best game I've seen all week. Mm-hmm. Um, unbelievable game. Great. Um, two great teams going at it. And um, it looks like Chelsea are going to clinch it, but it it meant something. You could see it to them. Um, there was, a, a, I mean, Emma Hayes as well. What a manager! Um, the passion in that game, and the fact that uh, you know, to be fair, BT have really pushed it too. Um, the 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 show. Any time you want to see um, women's football, it's on every week on BT. Um, I don't see it ever on Sky. I, I don't know if it's ever been on Sky. Um, no, I've never seen, I've never seen it, um, but that's something that it's really like really annoyed me, like because everything else that um, Abramovich has done for Chelsea, for that club and that community, other clubs, yes, may hate him, 
fair enough. Um, but it's been brilliant. And that was fucking awful the other night. Um, and I, I don't think we're going to get it, but um, a lot of people are hoping for something from Roman. Um, but he, he, he's not the, the type of fella to, to come out with anything like Henry did. Mm, neither Stan. Silent Stan is his nickname, but I, I'm actually pretty disappointed in the likes of Messi and Ronaldo and all these big stars who said absolutely nothing. And the only one to really say anything out of the arsenal was Hector Bellerin and Abandoning mm. before I said something today. But, like, where, where are all these guys? Like, why, why are they not standing up to this? Like, I just think, it, like, the, Messi and Ronaldo, if they had to come out with a statement each, like, that would have been huge for football. The two biggest stars of the last 10 to 15 years, like, probably two of the biggest stars ever to play the game, like, and they said nothing. They've said yeah. nothing. You forgot about Ozil. <laughs> the, the, the people's man. <laughs> Paddy, have you a last thought for us to finish up the pod on? Uh, just what a week. Glad, glad it's over. Glad I don't have to read any more groveling statements or uh, I'm sick of seeing the yellow ticker on Sky Sports News. So let's all just <laughs> have a, like a little chill guy period until next season starts and uh, and we go again. I, I, know. I don't know. I quite like the chaos. <laughs> yeah, I love the chaos. I had such good crack the last two days. Um, I will also say as well that um, we're recording this on, on Wednesday the 21st evening. So yeah. it, it could be out of date. If something else happens, so yeah, we'll we'll just say that because things can, are changing hour by hour. And we have got some brilliant feedback from all of you uh, with your thoughts on what you should do next, and we're going to touch on that on a longer extended podcast uh, when we come back, probably Sunday or Monday uh, next week. So don't worry, we will go back to those because all of us will have our views on where we go next um, and there'll be football hopefully to talk about that's going on but as always lads uh, thanks for thanks for this tonight uh, this is a bit more therapy I'm happier to come off the podcast tonight than I was uh, on Monday night um, get all of our podcasts on any all your podcast apps just look for uh, the football babble and you'll find us we're on Patreon as well Brenton and you always do the Patreon line what is it? patreon.com forward slash football babble cheers everyone absolutely perfect yeah thanks everyone for messaging and really joining the pod and telling us about it um, caught two lads in work today listening to it which is weird um, but yeah it's pretty cool so um, thanks we really appreciate it um, and chat these during the week hopefully football has a quiet one for a couple of days and good luck <laughs>